Good afternoon from Tyler, Texas. It's a nice spring day here. We're having some wonderfully mild temperatures this week in Tyler, and I hope that you're doing well and having a good week. Uh, Bill is still fighting the remains of a bad sinus infection that I've had for uh, about a week and a half, almost two weeks now. Just kind of lingering along, but uh, doing better today, better every day, better than the day before as far as that's concerned. So I appreciate everyone and your thoughts and prayers for me and for Joyce, who is uh, trying not to get it, although she's failing at that job right now over the last few days. But hopefully uh, we'll both be back up to par pretty soon. And uh, But today we're looking at our uh, Facebook Bible studies on Tuesdays. We're looking at the devotional classic uh, from Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. And over the last week or so, we've uh, looked at some readings that uh, include a couple of very piercing questions. So I want to look at those um, lessons today, and uh, the first one is from John 21. It's a familiar story. If uh, you know that story, Jesus, of course, has already been raised from the dead, but has not ascended to the Father yet. And uh, so he's spending some time uh, with his disciples and with others uh, as they are witnesses of his resurrection before he ascends to the Father and then sends the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 and the church begins with a bang. But before we get there, during this in-between time, he is uh, trying to comfort and assure his disciples that, uh, that he is who he says he is and that he will come through on all of his promises and one of those, of course, is the Apostle Peter. And Peter is asked a question a few times in John chapter 21. And the question is this, do you love me? Do you love me? Now think of Peter and the answer to that question before Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. Remember at the Last Supper, Jesus warned the disciples, you're all going to fall away on account of me. And Peter says, oh, no, 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 no. Even if all the rest of them do, I never will. And Jesus, of course, told him, well, before tonight's over, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter and the others all affirmed that that would never happen. And yet we know the story that Peter did exactly that. Uh, Luke, I think, is the uh, uh, gospel that records when that rooster crowed after that third could denial, um, Jesus looked across the courtyard and saw Peter and their eyes met face to face. And I've said it many times, I do believe that that, that one look that they had, that Jesus gave to Peter, that look of utter disappointment and love and hurt, I don't think that uh, Peter ever forgot that look. And so then they hear that the tomb is empty. And so Peter and John, as you know the story, they run Peter, likely older than John, uh, gets there after John does. John's too chicken to go in. Peter, of course, strolls right in, and they see the evidence there. No body of Jesus, but the grave clothes there, uh, looking like the body was just lifted out, and, um, and they saw and believed. And then Jesus, of course, appears to them, appears to the disciples except for uh, Thomas, and then appears to all of them, including Thomas. And then there's this story in John 21 when Jesus is walking with Peter, uh, the Apostle John, a little ways behind them, close enough to hear. And Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And I know that there's, a, you know, the, the 
The Greek language allows for different terms that refer to love. And in this case, Jesus asked, do you love me? That agape love that is self-sacrificing. Uh, I'll, I'll do whatever it is that love demands versus uh, the love that uh, Peter responds with, which is the phileo love. It's more the brotherly love. It's where we get our the name of the city, Philadelphia, philos or phileo, that first part. Uh, meaning that brotherly kind of love, and then adelphos is a Greek word for brother. And so Philadelphia literally means, in the Greek, uh, brotherly love or the love of a brother. But in this case, in John 21, I kind of want to move away from that because you, you, you're probably heard lots of sermons on that, where the first two times Jesus asks, he uses agape, and, the, and Peter always answers with the other form of love, that less uh, demanding love, uh, brotherly affection. And then the third time, Jesus asks using Peter's term. And Peter is sad, and he responds the same way. But uh, the lesson that uh, uh, Oswald Chambers gives doesn't really emphasize the terms at all, just the question, the piercing question, do you love me? Do you love me? And uh, Peter's uh, response is uh, much different than it would have been before his denials. Um, he is humbled, and it causes him to look deep inside himself. That's the way it is with Jesus and his questions. That's the way it's always been with God and his people. Remember in the Garden of Eden, when uh, God had created uh, Adam and Eve, and then they sinned, and they tried to hide, and they heard God uh, walking in the garden, and so they hid, and God says, where are you? Like he didn't know. <laughs> and uh, Adam says, well, I was, heard you walking, and we were naked, and so we were afraid. And another question, who told you you were naked? With Cain and Abel, after Cain kills his brother, um, where is your brother? And Cain responds, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer, of course, is yes, but um, God knew exactly where Abel was and exactly what Cain had done. And we see that throughout Scripture, piercing questions that God gives us. And in this case, Jesus, the resurrected Son of God, gives one to one of his closest friends, one of his closest disciples, the Apostle Peter, who will mean so much in the church of the first few decades. And, um, and he asks him, do you love me? Do you love me? And I think it's good for us to ask ourselves that question. If Jesus were looking at us face to face today, and he asked us that question, do you love me? Chambers writes, the word of God inflicts hurt on us more than sin ever could. Because sin dulls our senses, but this question of the Lord intensifies our sensitivities to the point that this hurt produced by Jesus is the most exquisite pain conceivable. And I think I think that's right. There's no place to hide, is there? When Jesus in those piercing eyes asks the question, do you love me? Really? Do you love me? And, and what exactly does that mean? You know, nothing can cut through to us like the word of God. The writer of Hebrews tells us that. Hebrews 4, that it's uh, sharper than any double-edged sword and is Sharper than a doctor's scalpel, we might say today. But Jesus asks this piercing, probing question. And that's how the, the Lord's questions always go. 
And they're not meant for God to get information, but for me and for you. When the Lord asks us questions like that, just like he did with Peter, do you love me? Our Lord never asks questions until the perfect time. Rarely, but probably once in each of our lives, he'll back us into a corner where he'll hurt us with one of those questions, Chambers writes. And we realize, as Peter did, that, well, you know, I, I do. I've disappointed you. I've hurt you. I've, I've betrayed you. I've denied you. I've sinned against you. But I really do love you. And that follows in John 21 with a, uh, with a command. And you know that one. Every time Jesus asks him, do you love me? He responds, yes, I do. And then Jesus tells him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he does the same with us. When we realize deep down that we do love him and we want to serve him, he gives us the right. He gives us the call to do just exactly that. Jesus would tell his disciples, uh, as the Father has sent me, I have sent you. And as he prayed in the garden before his death, he told the Father, Father, uh, just as you have sent me into the world, I've sent them. And the world hates them just like it hated me. But I want you to sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, John 17 tells us. The love of God pays no attention to my prejudices, uh, to my desires uh, caused by my natural individuality. It doesn't God doesn't blame us for those things. He doesn't cause us to have guilt over those things. But he does call us to feed his sheep. He does call us to do his will. And if we truly love the Lord, then, then we will seek to do exactly that. We'll seek to feed his sheep. Well, there's one more question. In addition to the question of, do you love me? A piercing question from Jesus. There's another question that Paul asks at the end of Romans 8. And it's found in chapter 8, um, verse 35, uh, when he asked this question, what can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? It's a great question. And in this case, it's meant to remind us, as Peter was reminded of his, the call to love Jesus more than everything else, this one reminds us of how much Jesus has loved us. What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? There are many things that can separate us if we let them, if we let them. But if we choose not to let them, if we want to remain close to God and his love, then nothing will be able to separate us. The remarkable thing as Chambers writes, is that nothing can come between the love of God and a saint. Uh, the underlying foundation of the Christian faith is the undeserved, limitless miracle of the love of God that was exhibited on the cross of Calvary, a love that is not earned and never can be. But because we didn't earn it, nothing can separate us from it. And that's what Paul goes on to say in Romans 8, as you know, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us from the love of God? Trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword, danger, whatever they are, even the taking of our lives. Paul says even that can't, can't separate us because uh, as far as we're concerned, we give our lives to Jesus all the time. We're like lambs led to the slaughter. 
No, he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors. That great, great verse at the end of Romans 8. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, verse 37. It's part of the answer to that question, who shall separate us from the love of God? And it's interesting that Paul says we are more than conquerors through him in all these things, not in spite of them, not because of them, but rather in the midst of them, in the midst of the danger and the trouble and the difficulty and the, the threats, the uncertainty, the anxiety, the fear, all of those things. In the midst of all of those things, Jesus doesn't take those things away from us every time. He just says those things can't separate us, can't separate my love from you. No matter what you're going through, that's the promise today. That's the answer to that second piercing question. Who shall separate us? What can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? The answer is absolutely nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how that great passage in Romans chapter 8 uh, ends. Uh, the undiminished radiance, which is a result of abundant joy, Chambers writes, is not built on anything passing, but on the love of God that nothing can change. And the experiences of life, whether they are everyday events or terrifying ones, are powerless to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, I leave you with these two questions. The first one, as a, as a question from the Lord, for you to look deep inside your heart. Do you love me? Jesus asks. And the second one that brings a great promise of assurance. Who shall separate me from the love of God? That is in Christ Jesus your Lord. Nothing. I hope the answer to the first question is yes. I believe it is. Or you wouldn't be watching this. And if it is. Then the answer to the second question is nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray God's richest blessings on you as you go through the rest of your week. I'll see you on Thursday.